Alpine Butterfly, Yachi, Yachi got there in the last top. Stinky Devil in front, he's out on his feet, but he's won. Green light is on. The battle is about to begin. Indeed, it is the battleground set for the running of the 2022 Sale Cup this Boxing Day evening, Monday night, 650 metres, Group 1, $75,000 to the winner and a field to match. Welcome to the bonus episode as we look toward the Sale Cup meeting. Not just the big one, the Sale Cup, but the support card, the match race. We'll catch up with Kyle Galley. He'll be race calling the meeting. And Glenn Dainton, who I think has a very, very big chance of taking home the Sale Cup with his charger. Run of the week. Well, the reason I'm so keen on Glenn Dayton and Dookie Devil is what he was able to do last week from box number eight, a terrific all-of-the-way victory in a heat of the sale cup. And, and here is exactly how he went about it. Racing. Dookie Devil okay to begin. There's good pace, money and power. The local off the inside. Orca showing pace as two was quarter and Dookie Devil's working over time but led from box eight. Shot across to take up the lead. Orca shuffled back with Jimmy Intention and Vella Bale and Dookie Devil's off. Six in front. Ariane Bale runs through to second off the back. Then Extreme Jewel. Money and power. Next the outside was quarter. Three or four lengths to Orca and Vella Bale to the turn but Dookie Devil's got it one I'd say it's six in front. Ariane Bale is trying hard. Then Extreme Jewel and Corder. They're running for minor money, are they? It's Dookie Devil in front. He's out on his feet, but he's won. Ariane Bale second. Four to Extreme Jewel. Just sheer speed to burn. I think he's a genuine 600-metre dog, Dookie Devil, but he's just got so much early pace, so I made him run of the week uh, from last week's heats last Sunday evening. And I think drawn box two in the final, he's going to be a, a very, very hard greyhound to beat. Sale Cup Night Preview. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, believe it or not, that's the stinger for the Sale Cup Preview, the Sale Cup Meeting Preview. Uh, we'll go through race by race and, and hopefully find a few winners on the card. Starting off with the Vic Breeder Maiden Heats, heat number one at 6.48, race one. And there's always a couple that that come through this series that end up being really good. And there's a, a good push around for number five, the first start at Navarino in race one. Beautifully bred by Aston DB, Medallia Maggie, prepared by John Connor just down the road at Rosedale from the, the club there at Sale. And, and John's always got a handy one in the kennel. So I'm with number five in race one. Second event, race number two. I'm going here with uh, number three, Jenna. Thought it was a really hard race. Um, a couple of them can just race a little bit greenly up near the lead time to time. So I thought Jenna might be the, the get-back run on type that that if there is a bit of packing up near the lead, can overhaul them from the back of the field. Beautifully bred too by Aussie Infrared and Miriam. And Miriam was a very handy sprinter in her own right. Race three, I'm with the Jason Thompson train. Capitalised, first starter, well-bred. Surge and Bill Bacilli own the Greyhound, and we know when they combine with Jason Thompson, it's normally... Uh, a pretty good result in a fast greyhound, some with capitalise in race number three. Race number four, I'm tipping the red Zara Mani, another one for Desi Douch, who's just absolutely flying at the moment. The only knock may be Tidalina. The dam was, I think, a, a bit of a, a wider runner and, and, and may throw that into these pups as well from the Bernardo litter. So... The red may not be the draw, ideally, but I think uh, bred to be pretty handy either way. Race five, I'm with number seven in the Rising Stars final. 10,000 to the winner. Uh, my Amigo or Mi Amigo Tequila for Brett Mackey's just so, so fast for the first couple of hundred metres. We'll be looking to tear across and lead. We'll need to pinch a break, but uh, I think can get the job done. Number seven. 
Over there to race number six, Summer Cup final, $10,000 to the winner. Uh, tricky race, this the uh, the sixth. I've gone with Lakeview last number two, based on the fact I think she'll lead the race. Um, Ride the Thunder's clearly the, the Greyhound with the most scope and the most ability in the race, but he, he's jumped from box number one in his last two. Easily beaten Lakeview Lass, who's come from boxes two and five, uh, to his outside, whereas this time, Ride the Thunder goes right out to seven and Lakeview Lass holds an inside draw in box two. So that was the reasoning behind that. If Ride the Thunder gets a clean run, he'll be hard to beat. Race seven, the War Family Festival launch, $10,000 to the winner of this one. There's already a few scratchings, the four and the five. Uh, number four was originally going to be my tip, not for profit. Uh, that not the case now, obviously. Um, the eight's flying, River Rough at Des Douts, just knows how to win. And, and I also like like an arrow. So maybe a bit of a same race multiplay with the six and the eight to finish up there in race seven. The big one, the TRFM Sale Cup Final, Group 1, 650 metres, 75k to the winner, Alpine Butterfly in Box 1, uh, sports bet odds for this particular race, the Group 1, uh, number 1, 550 and 195, Dookie Devil, 390 and 170, favourite, just showing the depth of the race with such an open market and a, and a pretty decent price about the fave, Ariane Bale, number 3, 650, Lady Lily Hooks at 26, Yarchi Bale, the Melbourne Cup champion. This has been his goal. The Melbourne Cup win was just on the way. He's 480 and 185. Great guy, $7.50. Jarek Bale, the defending champ. You just can't put a line through a greyhound like him. And I think I said in a preview leading up to the Phoenix recently, you can never discount a champion in regards to wow, she's fast. And look what she was able to do from the awkward draw and win that Phoenix I think a similar type of case for Jarek Bale. Untapped the uh, the Sandown Cup champ. She'll run well, $11 in the reserves. Lakeview Patsy, 18 And Extreme Jewel, they both make up the match race. $20 for Extreme Jewel in this Sale Cup. Now, let's, let's break this one down. Speed in the race. I think Dookie Devil clearly has that. Um, I think he needs to cross Alpine Butterfly if he's going to win the race, but I think he can do that. The strength is going to come from the likes of Ariane Bale and Jarek Bale and, and even Yachi Bale. We saw him really run out the 650 strong in that heat win last time. And then you've got Untapped, who is a genuinely fast beginner for a stayer, but has that 700-metre form against Greyhounds that, that haven't really been going over the staying journey. So there's a chance that if she was able to cross and lead, I don't think a Dookie Devil would get past her, or, or that's probably fairly obvious. Um, even an Alpine butterfly, I think Jarek Bale would struggle to run untapped down. So there there are so many different right ways this Sale Cup could go, but I'm leaning to Dookie Devil number two. I just think landing in front, second go at sale under race conditions over the 650 should be a little bit stronger. Um, and we all know that the word on the street that he trolled like 2950s around the meadows um, in the lead up to that 600 metre Hume Cup series. So based on that, I'm going Dookie Devil to win the Sale Cup, but it's not an easy race by any stretch of the imagination. Race nine, the Cup Night Match Race. Uh, this is mouthwatering. Extreme Jewel, the inside of Lakeview Patsy. The way I did the form, um, Extreme Jewel last time beaten by Dookie Devil, I think lost four or five lengths in the run, probably capable of running a, a 37-10. And then you've got Lakeview Patsy, who I think lost maybe two to three lengths in the race behind Yachi Bale when uh, when she got headed down the back straight and had to clip over heels. So if you work it out, there's next to nothing between them. Um, I think Extreme Jewel's probably the greyhound that 
that might just get the better run um, in the sense that just sitting a length off the speed and, th- and then challenging down the back. So very, very hard. Uh, the value, I think, is with Lakeview Patsy, but I'm tipping Extreme Jewel to win that match race. And then to wrap up race 10, I'm with one action girl. Race 11, I was with number three, Zin Min Bao, but that's been withdrawn. So I'm going to be left with uh, number six, Classic Touch, in this. So uh, that's the, the reserve in the... Uh, the match race staying race. So hopefully there's no scratchings there because Zin Min Bar was the other reserve and uh, has been withdrawn from that. So, yeah, we'll see what uh, what plays out there. I'm with Classic Touch. Given he doesn't compete in this race, I'll probably move over to Rearview Mirror. And race 12, the last. Kahim Bale, number five. Enormous run last time behind Matt's Hope. We saw Matt's Hope go to Geelong and just set the track alight a few days later, and I thought Kahim Bale should have finished a lot closer. So he's on the comeback trail. I think he'll go well. Race 12, number five. The three, clearly the Greyhound to beat there. From the broadcast box. Well, on this special Sale Cup edition, we're heading to the broadcast box ahead of the big one, the Group 1, the only provincial Group 1 on the country circuit as well. And the man who'll be behind the binoculars is Kyle Galley on Monday night, and I bet you he's rearing to go. Kyle, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks, James. Yeah, lovely to uh, talk to you about this terrific uh, race coming up on Monday. Hey, it must mean a lot to you as a, as a local boy down there in Gippsland to call a race like the Sale Cup each and every year. Yeah, um, I sort of go back to, well, I'm uh, not that old actually in the greater scheme of things, but we grew up going to the dogs at Sale and I used to stand on the fence just below the broadcast box and watch my grandfather's dogs race when I was about eight or nine years old, so we're sort of talking about 1989 and 1990, and I never thought I'd become a race caller, but I was uh, engrossed in the racing sort of thing and took that home and ran race meetings in the backyard and called the races off the back fence and started at about that age and haven't stopped. So, But, no, I never thought I'd call a, a race meeting, uh, let alone a sale cup. I think it's fair to say you're a bit of a historian as well when it comes to uh, to not just greyhound racing but uh, all of the codes. So I guess you obviously were born in, into a sport of racing to, to some extent. Yeah, um, it's funny, uh, on both sides of the family actually, um, more so like the active interest and the bug came from uh, my mum's side. So my grandfather had dogs in the early 70s at sale, won a lot of races on the old track behind the new one there, or the current one. And then he got out of the sport. They moved to Gippsland. They lived in Harkaway and, and Berwick around that area and then sold up in the sort of the early 70s, I suppose, and moved to Yarrigan. And and then in the late 80s, he was just pottering around looking for something to do. And one or two of the blokes at Warrigal Dogs said, oh, we'll sell you a couple of pups. Um, and my grandfather's name was Stan Beecroft, and he, he got back into the Greyhound game. Bought two pups for uh, $900. They were the only two bitches in the litter. And they were uh, Pebbles Beach and Pelican Bell. And they raced against Bold Trees and that mm. sort of era in the late 80s. And they won 60000 between them. So uh, it didn't do too badly. You say $900 each back then and, and to earn 60000 That That would yeah. be... You know, probably these days, what three, four hundred thousand dollars in earnings, like with the way prize money's gone over the last few years, especially oh, in the last thirty years. Yeah, I always say I wish we had them now because you know they'd race on a Thursday night at Sandown Park, and and then you'd back up this is over the seven hundred, and then you'd race again over the seven hundred at Olympic Park on a Monday night, and and then the next week you'd be at Sale on a Saturday night, and you know Cranbourne. We ran second in a Sandown Cup, you know the McKinnon Memorials and those races. And, you know, they were probably worth ten, fifteen thousand 15000 back then. And 
we all know what they're worth mm. these days. So, but uh, yeah, it was good fun, and I suppose. I took away from that, you know, we were off to the dogs two or three times a week, races and trials and that, and I suppose I thought, well, gee, how long has this been going on? And, and I'm very lucky to keep the family involvement alive, I suppose. And, and actually on the father's side, uh, a cousin, about a second or third cousin, is David Fowler from Brisbane. So we had no, we've never met. We had no uh, correspondence in those days. Um, he's an established caller. And I got into race calling, not because my cousin was a caller, but I found out, oh, your cousin's a caller too in Brisbane and, and that sort of thing. So it was just one of those uncanny things that, that two people from the one family uh, have carved a career as race callers. So, yeah. And there's not that many of us around either. It's not the most common job. What was it that drew you into race calling? Was it going to the dogs and, I guess, just falling in love with, with racing and then, and then finding a job in racing? Or what was it for you that drew you into the, the caller's box? Um, yeah, I, I started in mum and dad's backyard with a, you know, phantom calls on the back fence and that sort of thing. And then in those days, uh, behind their place was just paddocks. So the race course went into the paddocks and then I started taping a couple of races and I sent a couple of tapes off to uh, Peter Eustace, who was our caller based in Sale at the time. And Peter called the local circuit, you know, trots and dogs and races in those days and, and also worked as the breakfast announcer at the ABC. So... He and we knew Peter, you know, by sight through our involvement in the sport, and and he wrote back the uh, letter done on the typewriter in those days, and said, "Why don't you come up to the Tarelgan Dogs? They do the qualifying trials after the races." And there's a young fella who started calling as well, and his name's Andrew Patterson, and you've probably met Pato, oh, yeah. a well-known punter. Um, so we sort of kicked off around the same time. And I went up and called when I was 14. I did my first on-track broadcast at Tarelgan. And Pato said, well, you go have a go at a couple. And, and then the next week, I think, was, or a few weeks later, was grand final day. And Pato was one-eyed North Melbourne, as he probably still is. And North won the premiership. And he said, I don't think I'll be there for the next day. So <laughs> here's a meeting for you to do at Tarelgan. You know, the qualies or the maiden meeting. And, and then it just sort of went from there and, um, you know, it took many years before I even thought about doing a race on radio. And uh, Steve Cairns at RSN said, if you ever want to come in, do a race, just let the boys know. And so I started going in with Peter at Warrigal on a Tuesday night and then Healesville, as, as you would be well aware, went onto the tab at that time of uh, things and you and I shared the workload there and... You know, all of the way along the way, I've never pushed myself. I've just sort of said, oh, look, if you ever need something... And, a few times the doors open and people in management have said, yeah, we do need something, actually. Can you give us a hand? And um, that's where I am today, I suppose, in some respect. You've called some some good races. Obviously, the Sale Cup, probably one of the, the highlights. But has there been a, a Graham that you've called that's just stood out as the best dog you've uh, you've had to, to call a race of so far? Um, yeah, I don't know, actually. Like, I, I think I went back and... I called Yachi Bale's maiden when I happened to pick up a Sandown meeting. I think it was that one, and and he was there and won his maiden. And you know, there's that's sort of where a bit like with Peter Eustace, I suppose as well. You you got to call those really good dogs once or twice a year when they ventured to Tarelgan for the cup or whatever. But you called um, a lot of the ones that end up being good dogs when they came and won their maidens and think like that and you know, you'd turn up and you'd see oh gee that wasn't a bad dog and then you know, four or five starts later it goes on to win 
uh, in town or something like that. Uh, like even the dogs, the calibre of El Dorado, I've called his maiden win. You know, there'd, there'd be so many there, even going right back to, you know, when I did maiden meetings and that back in the early 2000s, there'd be plenty of them that kicked on. And, and that's good. You can sort of, you know, you see a big race and you think, oh, I wonder if I called that early on. And yes, I did, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now, what about the big one? TRFM Sale Cup. That's what this podcast is all about. Race 8, 9.22 on Boxing Day evening. 75,000 to the winner. Alpine Butterfly 1, Dookie Devil 2, Ariane Bale in 3. Lady Lily Hookbox 4, Yachi Bales in 5. Great Guy 6, the defending champ, Jarek Bale in 7. Untapped, the Sandown Cup winner uh, from uh, from this year. Drawn Box 8, Reserves Lakeview, Patsy and Extreme Jewel, who, interestingly enough, make up the match race as well. So, first... Look at that. Who wins the race? And can Jarrett go back-to-back because he's got a sensational will to win the old boy? Yeah. Uh, and you can probably run it five or six times and get five or six different results. Um, you know, at, at a glance, like I've, I've marked the numbers down eight, two, seven, and one. I've gone with untap. You know, you've got a dog like Dookie Devil who went 619 to the first mark last week and 3707. First look at the track, you know, racing on the speed all the way. So... And he come from uh, box two this week. Mm. So there's just uh, so many variables. And, you know, like I'll be honest, I've, I've had a little wager on Great Guy after it ran second in the uh, distance race two weeks ago. Hit the line strongly. It won its heat last week. I haven't put it in the top four this week, but I've had, you know, a fiver on it or something at each way odds uh, pre-post. So what do you do? There's just... Uh, just so many variables to it, I think. Mm, for a 650-metre final, I've noticed 37.05 quickest qualifier, only down to uh, 37.32, the slowest qualifier, and that happened to be Jarek Bale, the defending champ, so you can't put a line through him. Mm. But it's a mouth-watering race. Yeah. Uh, could go many a different ways. Have you had a chance to look at that match race, Extreme Jewel and Lakeview Patsy? And if we were putting you on the spot, mate, who, who do you think wins that? Because that looks as even as you'll get as a match race. Yeah, most interesting. Um, you know, Extreme Jewel hit the line hard last week and Lakeview Patsy lit up. So oh, I think the locals will cheer the house if Lakeview Patsy can get up. But it's got the potential to be one of those real neck-and-neck races, maybe, all the way through. Or does Lakeview Patsy get out with a big lead and Extreme Jewel to run it down? It's so interesting. And, you know, I, I, I was impressed with Classic Touch, who's the reserve. I wondered whether they might have got uh, into the race as well. It's come ahead in leaps and bounds in recent starts and other local too. So there's just so much good uh, talent there around at the moment. And the interesting thing I found with the series too is we didn't have that uh, the X Factor this year, the interstate dogs. So that gives you the indication of, you know, just how many good quality stayers are around and how many people are from right around Victoria willing to come up the sale and have a crack. Yeah, it's extraordinary to see to Yachi Bale, a Melbourne Cup winner, into a Sale Cup just a, just a month later. Good luck calling the race, mate. And as you say, it's a full Victorian affair, no interstate rivals to worry about. So it's going to be a, an absolute mouth-watering Sale Cup, and we wish you well up there in the broadcast box, mate. All the best. Thanks, James, and Merry Christmas to you and, and to all your listeners as well. Inside Info. Well, here's a key player in the Sale Cup. Drawn box number two, prepared by Glenn Dainton. It is Dookie Devil, and Glenn's been good enough to jump on the line. He's still recovering after the long drive from Cosgrove uh, all of the way to sale to win a heat of the Group 1 last week. Welcome along, Glenn. Yes, thank you, James. Yes, it was a long way. Have you recovered? <laughs> just just starting to recover. Um, 
probably, yeah, not looking forward to the drive again, that's for sure. Hey, box number two you've drawn in the <laughs> final, sure. but this this greyhound dookie devil, I tell you one thing about him, he's got explosive speed. We all know what he trialled at the Meadows, 29.58 a couple of months ago or something like that. There's not going to be too many greyhounds over the 6.50 that can run those types of sections. So that's got to give you a little bit of added confidence going into this week's Sale Cup. Yeah, look, it's such a good field. Like, you look at the dogs in it. I mean, it's probably one of the best fields they've had there for a long time. It's really any dog in that field could probably win it. It's probably key to us is we need to begin and we need to get a break on these dogs. Obviously, he's not a 650, 700-metre dog, so hopefully we can get that break and um, hold on. You're saying off air. I think we uh, had a bit of a chat before we come on air. You said you're going to pay the the local track staff to just bring the post back 20 or 30 <laughs> metres. That should make a difference. <laughs> Look, that's probably an idea I had. Um, they've been <laughs> such good blokes here, like looking after me any way they could, just help me out. They said, Look, just mention it and don't do anything. And I thought, well, look, I'll give it on tonight and see if we can shift that post back 30 metres. That's all we need, 30 metres. Well, I don't think that's out of the question. And would anyone really notice? I don't think they would. Um, I, I, I know Dookie Devil uh, wouldn't mind, so uh, that's that's always a good start. But hey, it seemed to me, honestly, like last week, look, I thought you'd, you'd really tie first go over 6.50, and um, he hadn't seen the track, had he, either? No, look, look, he had... I took him there the week before. He had run box to box, pulled up at the box, just to give him that first corner look. Yep. He's the, the worry is, is he sort of thinking the race is over? At the time, um, pulling up there, or is he generally out of out of steam? Yeah. We're not a hundred percent sure, but hopefully this week he can just pick up that little bit extra. But yeah, that's his full first six fifty there. So yeah, hopefully this week we can pick up a little bit extra strength. Well, the thing the thing I liked is the fact that when Ariane Bale got to second, I, I'll admit, mate, I had a little each way flutter on Ariane Bale, and I thought, gee, she, she'll just mow ah, Dookie right. Devil down. And yeah. mate, honestly, your boy, I, I thought he really kicked hard. Like on the home corner, Ariane Bale was mowing him down four to his one, and then when he straightened and balanced, it was like he, he knew the pressure was coming, and he just seemed to respond a little bit. Yeah, he seems to do that. Like I sort of wonder, like, like I was saying before, we sort of wonder if he does get challenged, is he going to push again? Is he sort of waiting for a challenge and then go again? Like he pulled up great after the race. Like, you know, he wasn't sort of puffing and panning and frothing at the mouth. So it sort of indicates, yeah, look, he might be open for a challenge, but let's just not even get a challenge. Let's not even think that way. You know, <laughs> you want a big, big six-length victory. Yeah, we don't want to see Jarek Bale ones or great guy. I want to challenge him because I might just run over the top of him, and we'll be like, oh, jeez. <laughs> but we're still going to get to the front, and anything can happen in racing, doesn't it? Like you yeah. don't know. He might miss the start or anything. You just don't know what could happen. No, so. look, the one thing I, I seem to think is he is such a reliable beginner, and that, that's obviously the key to his chances, getting out nicely. How did you get involved in greyhound racing, mate? When was uh, the first uh, moment you, you fell in love with greyhound racing? Um, yeah, probably a few years ago now. What am I now? 25. So, yeah, it'd be good 10 years ago. Uh, did you say 25? Probably, <laughs> well, what, do I look older? I was thinking more like 55, Glenn, but hey, we'll let you off. Oh, yeah, 55. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. I see where this is going. Um, yeah, look, let's say a few years ago, we got involved in it. Um, went to local track. The Shepparton track was a local track at the time. Unfortunately, got involved with a few blokes there, and they said it'd be a great idea to be a greyhound, and then away you go. Once you've got one greyhound, it's, you're done. You'll never get out of it. So I did try and break away a few years ago. I've only just come back now. So, yeah. You literally got involved just going to the track, and you had you had no other involvement in the sport. 
No, no other involvement. Um, turned up to the track, <clears throat> got involved, talking to a few people. They suggested we should maybe get a greyhound, and we bred a litter, and that was going back a few years ago because the litter was by a dog called Bo Etzel, so that's <laughs> probably you know maybe ten or fifteen years ago. Um, <laughs> which was a few winners in that litter. <laughs> wow, that's. Yeah, it might have been one of his sons. I'm not sure, but yeah, it seemed like that. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we had a bit of success, and yeah, I basically sort of bred some, palmed them off to trainers, and then eventually I thought, look, we might as well give it a crack ourselves. And yeah, hasn't been too bad. The last ten years or so, I suppose. Just a few. Like we only train like three dogs. We don't have many dogs. Like I've got Banana Bandit. We've got Jackpot Joan and Dookie Devil. So that's that litter. Um, so we don't have many. I don't know how these, like the bigger trainers can do so many. Like, yeah, I'm flat out trying to do those. So, yeah, it hasn't been too bad. But, yeah, we've got a couple other litters. Like the next litter now is Kablenz out of the same mother. And we'll see what they're like. So hopefully they'll be okay as well. Well, fingers crossed, mate. You've got, go a, you've got a really nice one here, Dookie Devil, going around in the Sale Cup. So firstly, good luck with uh, with this week. Good luck with the next litter. And what will the celebration be like, mate, if you win the Sale Cup on Boxing Day night? Probably, <laughs> uh, look, it'd be great if we could win it. But like I said, it's so hard. There's so many good dogs in that race. I think, yeah, win, lose, or come a draw. It was great to get into the final. And yeah, wish sort of everyone in the, the race good luck, and hopefully they all go well. Congrats, mate. So, all the yeah. best. All the best. Uh, safe travels home. No, all right. Look after yourself, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Thanks, James. The Sale Cup bonus episode done and dusted. What a terrific race it's going to be. If you want a little bit of more inside info uh, on this particular race, take a listen to the the deep dive on the Dalbridge Kennel with uh, Lisa Dalbridge, that podcast out now. And uh, they give a a little bit of an insight, not only to the way they train, but also uh, to the the two contenders, Yachi and Jarek Bale, going around in the Sale Cup. So good luck, happy punting, Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year as well.